to watch what my coworkers went through unfairly to ration masks and then after all of that be told that we don't deserve a bonus, that we don't deserve a raise that equals inflation. It takes a lot of balls, frankly, to be like, I could change this. Like, it has to be done. Like, someone has to do something. If we don't do something now, at this moment, when? When will we do this? We, we have to do something. Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of the show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And I'm Sam. I'm a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we are talking off the clock with Abby. She's the founder of Impact Healthcare. She is a nurse, activist, and also fellow podcaster. Mm -hmm. And movement creator. We cannot wait to get into this topic with you guys. You guys know this is something that Sam and I are so passionate about. We've put a lot of time and effort into learning about our profession and getting global views on the things that we really want to change here in healthcare. It's a good one. You guys, November is here. Whoa. How? <laughs> when did that happen? Also, can I just say toot toot? That was our horn that I'm tooting our own horn because we literally just hit 200,000 downloads. Uh, and we could not have done that without you guys. So, seriously, from you. the bottom of my heart, thank, thank you. you. If you've ever downloaded, shared an episode. Yeah. Like, this means everything to us. This is a huge moment for us. And we hit it before our full year of being yeah. co-hosts. Well, we hit 100,000 yeah. in March mm -hmm. and then already now hit 200, which is mind-blowing the growth it's been fun it's been amazing it's been such a wild ride and sam and i are going to do a really fun recap on our selfie co-host birthday we're really excited about that but yes big shout out to november for hitting that that 200k yeah, baby thank you guys and now it's officially spooky season's over yep we get one more month of fall so enjoy mm -hmm. your actually not even a full month because whatever when after Thanksgiving, it's, it's well, fucking... I mean, you already went to Target and bought your Christmas, your Christmas stuff. So I got so excited when I saw this stuff out at Target for Christmas. I fucking love Christmas. I love Halloween. It's Halloween's actually my favorite holiday because dressing up is everything mm -hmm. like you're boring. You don't dress up for Halloween. I, I had three costumes this year. Like yeah. I'm obsessed with Halloween. But I love Christmas just as much. Uh, Christmas is definitely my jam. That's when I go all out. And I was so impressed with you. I mean, Target made a comeback with you. Uh, they actually had some good good picks for you. So I was I was very impressed. I'm I'm excited about Christmas this year. Last year was a very shitty holiday season. So yeah. I'm excited this year to to get in the yeah, Christmas Yeah, we're getting spirit. into the season. We're getting a little fun. We're having Tis a little fun with season. it. Yeah, and this last week, Sam and I both kind of took a little minute, a break. We didn't do a bonus episode just because we both kind of needed a, a little minute, a little breather. I'm sorry. I went to Hawaii and ate all the ahi tuna, how and was, I don't apologize for it. How so was your no trip? bonus episode. It was so good. I needed it. Um, Everyone's like, why did you go to Hawaii for only two and a half days? I'm like, why not? Why not? <laughs> what did you do on your two and a half days off? I could have spent two and a half days off in my apartment doing nothing, or I could have spent it in Maui eating all the fresh ahi tuna and climbing waterfalls. And that's what I did. You were living it up. I was. And I love that everyone was obsessed about who I went with. Oh. I'm not even going to talk about it. it. But it just makes me laugh <laughs> because everyone's like, I'm like, what? A girl can't just travel on her own? Why is that such a big deal? Like, everyone chill. Let me just live my life and go to Hawaii without you guys getting all panties in a bunch, you nosy <laughs> motherfuckers. 
Let me live. Let, Let me, me live. live. Yeah, and I spent the week in Vegas with my mom. We went to a horse show, and that was so much fun. It was just like really nice to be away and just kind of do something You're such fun. a horsey girl. Yeah. You're like, I went to Vegas to play with horsies, not to like a club or yeah, go to a concert or gamble. I know. Everyone was like, what did you do for Halloween? I was like, well, I was at a horse show. So there we go. It was fun. That was That's my idea of a good time. Um, I want to touch back on the wreck you ma- made last week made. I'm obsessed. I told I knew you would be. I will. For me, it has to be good for me to like binge something in two days. Oh, my God. I I don't think I've cried. Like I actually got really emotional with that one. It just touches on so many topics like women and welfare and emotional abuse, addiction. It's just it's really good. You guys how broken our system is again. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's just really sad, you know, and hard to watch that and just to see for people who are in such a uphill battle, yeah, it's so insane. And so, the ho- like I mentioned last week, the hoops they have to jump through just to get the most minute levels of support. It's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, it was a really good one. So you guys definitely go go watch that one for sure. Um, unpopular opinion of the week. All right, I I'll die on this hill, <laughs> and that's fine. Organic is stupid. Like okay, TMI, but. I started my period and I was like, Tori, do you have a tampon? And she hands me this fucking organic box (laughs) of tampons. I'm like, listen, I am fine with Tampax or whatever. Like, I do not need to shove this organic cotton ball up my (laughs) vagina. Like, what? No. She comes in hot. I'm like, you are such a hippie. Like, what is this organic Okay, tampon. let me give you the real on this one. I do not want any of that scented crap. You or can buy unscented th- tampons. I know, but this, okay, the other reason I love this is because it's a women's own That company. I support. I love small business. My dad's a small business owner. Yes. Like, you get it. I love women in business. So I, I full send for that, but they could send, they could make regular tampons and I'd still support them. It's like, <laughs> I just don't need things to be labeled organic, organic. you're like give me all the hormones and all the extra i don't stuff. i mean i'm such a wreck anyways and even when it comes to food i'm like all right especially certain things like an organic apple i'm like just fucking wash right. your apple there's certain things that i think are a little it's a little crazy it's a little over the top like even bananas like there's a there's the exterior piece of the banana i will say like lettuce is something that i feel like is good to get organic but i just don't want to pay more for it i don't give a shit yeah. i'm gonna wash it and you like give me all the chemicals and then i i just get mad with brand labeling it's such bullshit like when you will buy something like that is so clearly like never like you'll buy tortilla chips mm-hmm. and they'll say gluten-free it's like tortilla chips have always been gluten-free before gluten-free even existed because <laughs> it's a fucking tortilla well i guess corn tortilla, corn tortilla. let me specify corn yeah. tortilla but it's like yeah. corn doesn't have gluten and now we're like gluten-free when you just like label shit that you know like you'll buy a, a box of raspberries it's like gluten-free no fucking shit <laughs> dairy free you're like obviously I just feel like you're putting that label on anything like look at this gluten-free shrimp I bought what the fuck that does not exist that's not a thing you're just trying to like capitalize on these words that sound all good and then you're trying to upcharge you assholes I don't know I just get salty but I just don't want to pay more for organic anything I mean I'm also here for a Taco Bell moment and lots of fast food so you know it's balance okay and then we want to just get so picky about what we put in our body I'm like all right this cotton tampon like that's the least concerning thing I'm that's the up most there. that's direct to your bloodstream i oh. have justification in my head of why that is a good idea you I'm, know whatever i don't want to take I just, chances these these she upsells. comes for my, my organic tampons like it's 
it's like hell or high water over here. I love it. I'm like, give me Tampax or give me death. <laughs> anyway, switching notes. Yeah, we're getting into a good episode this week. All right. So this week, we are bringing on the founder of Impact Healthcare, Abigail Donnelly. She's a nurse, advocate, healthcare policy, and also grad student fellow podcaster. She hosts her podcast, RNMD podcast. She talks about hospital relationships from the doctor nurse perspective, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. We've been following Abby in her journey as she created the movement to impact healthcare. Impact stands for Interdisciplinary Medical and Patient Alliance for Care Transformation. So for more than 15 years, Abby has worked in our healthcare system. She started working as a CNA and then also worked as an LPN, ADN, and ended her bedside career with her BSN after working in Manhattan in an ICU during COVID in 2021. Abby also currently works as an RN union organizer in New York, and we get into that today, you guys. We have a lot of really great insight into that role. She's also enrolled in her master's degree in healthcare policy. We just really loved this episode. We get a really great global view on healthcare in general. We're really excited about this episode and just as a shout out. So Impact will be having their virtual march on on Sunday, this coming Sunday, November 7th, which is definitely something that Sam and I will be supporting and really excited about. So without further ado, you guys, let's dive into the show. Well, we were just saying this off the clock that um, we were supposed to be in Washington this coming weekend with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a bummer. That was a really difficult decision for us to make, to be honest with you, of like, yeah. if we, should we still do it? You know, there's like concerts happening now and, you know, people are pretty out there, um, especially if they're requiring vaccine cards. And um, yeah, right. we were sort of like, can we do this? And I think it just, it, Unfortunately, we had to ask ourselves this question, like if somebody gets sick and gets like really sick, gets long term COVID, like, yeah, how are we going to feel about yeah, that? Sure. So we just had to cancel it. Yeah. But hopefully next year. I really think we can do it next year. For sure. Oh, and yeah. We'll be there. Oh, yeah. This has been a long awaited. I mean, Sam and I are so excited to get behind the mic with you today about all of this. And obviously in person, we'll be coming up to, you know, support and to do the march with you. But so let's get into the, the juice of this. First of all, OK, first first question off the bat. What is your unpopular <laughs> opinion? Oh, my God. Well, uh, a hot dog is a sandwich. Oh, okay. I like where we went with like that. A, I don't know about that. A hundred percent. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's bread, there's toppings, there's yeah. meat. It's In sandwich. between. I'm mm. here for that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm not sold. <laughs> I'm not sold. I got opinions on that, but I'll have to think a about it. I'll have to think it over. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this whole idea of impact it came from a lot of not exactly unpopular I think it's actually stuff that we all say to each other um, but it's stuff that definitely bucks the traditional norms especially when we're talking about nursing you know um, I mean I was mentored by a lot of nurses who were sort of martyrs in their role and they um, really 
they would clock out and stay an hour late and, um, you know, that kind of traditional, Mm -hmm. like, this is your life. It's a calling, you know? And I think as we all get older and more mature, we're all just realizing like, no, not exactly. And, and there's a lot of people who will take advantage of that too. Right. Um, we can have a career that's fulfilling and we can help people and we can also demand money and staffing and, you know, healthcare and childcare. Yeah, for sure. We have obviously been following you as you've started the impact movement. Um, but I want to kind of start at the beginning. Let's let's go back to uh, beginning days, Abby, like beginning baby Abby. Let's start there. <laughs> let's hear your journey. Baby Abby, actual baby Abby would go with my grandmother who was um, in nursing and I would go to work with her because like there wasn't a babysitter. So like baby Abby grew up nurses raised baby Abby. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And um, then in college, I was like what's called a UMAP, where you can weirdly pass meds and take care of um, people at like an assisted living. Um, And I did that for a long time. And then I became a CNA. And then I went in, I got my LPN. And then I got my associate's degree. And now I have my BSN and I'm getting a master's in policy. And I sort of worked my way through a lot of different types of nursing to get to the ICU where I where I landed. And now I'm a nursing organizer for a union in New York City. That's super interesting. I mean, especially right now with the pulse of everything that's going on. How'd you get into that? Um, so I had a pretty significant ankle injury in uh, February of this year uh, when I was working in the COVID ICU. Um, my my injury was at home, um, but I can't I don't know if I'll ever be able to go back to the bedside because um, my foot is is it's in pretty poor condition now. Um, so I got very lucky. I was already kind of being loud at my hospital. You know, I, we were doing an unsafe staffing campaign there, um, in the ICU where I was working. I had four paralyzed patients every, every single night, not just like once in a while, like every single night. Um, wild. And yeah, all of the things that you would imagine that could go wrong in that kind of setting did. Um, and it was really upsetting. And so I was already being very loud and, um, talking to my organizer and my delegates and they were like, Hey, do you want a job? (laughs) And I was like, sure. (laughs) That's amazing. So going into, I'm just curious a little bit more about you know, like adult world, bedside, you know, night shift nursing, diving into that a little bit. What was that like for you? I mean, I don't know what it's like in California. I've heard like it's the Mecca, right? (laughs) I I don't know how true that is. I would actually be curious what your opinion is, but I think it's the opposite in New York. Um, It's, you know, if you're talking about a med surge floor, you're going to have seven patients off the bat and you're going to get an admission. Um, Telly, you know, it's, it's like six or seven sometimes. And then like step down, it's four. And then you know, four. And then like the ICU is supposed to be two to three. And then, you know, COVID, everything, everything got stretched. I mean, they were having like nine patients on med surge last I heard. It's like, no, it's insane. No wonder everyone's getting worn out, you know, and leaving, leaving this profession. I mean, how do you, how do you balance all that? How do you do that without getting burned out? You know? 
yeah, you don't. You don't. They just, I think they they see it as an opportunity. They use you up for as long as they can. Yeah. They don't care. It seems like it's a revolving door. It's like, all right, well, we have new grads that want a job and we'll run them to the ground until they're burnt out. And it's fine because we have more new grads to replace them that are just going to be happy to get a job out of nursing school. And they kind of capitalize on that fact that there's mm-hmm. always people entering into the profession mm-hmm. and they don't care about retention whatsoever. No. Nope. No. And and I mean, you know, I, you're asking about a controversial opinion. I mean, maybe that would be it. Like the fact that these are people who would claim to love capitalism, right? And but let's talk about supply and demand, which is capitalism 101, right? Mm-hmm. Nurses are heavily in demand right now. So you have to pay them more. It's a workers market right now and you have to treat them better and they don't want to do that. So to me, it's just an excuse then. Yeah, it's point. like you can't you have it both ways. Lie. Can't have it both ways. Right. Can't right. play both sides yeah. of, of that coin. So I, I'm just curious from like a fundamental standpoint because you're so firm in everything that you're doing. Where did this all spark for you? Like, were you, I mean, you've always clearly kind of had this in you, but in terms of starting this movement, um, let's go back to the beginning of it. Yeah, I think I've always been, you know, an advocate for the nurses um, on my team but I think COVID really, really drove that home for me. I mean, to really see you, you can't, I can't put that into words, right? You only know if you've been through it and to watch what my coworkers went through, um, unfairly to ration masks. Um, and then after all of that, be told that we don't deserve a bonus, that we don't deserve a raise that equals inflation. Um, while, you know, we've all seen the CEOs are making millions and they were staying in their vacation houses during COVID and hiding in their offices. Um, it just really, to me, just, it really was like, I didn't necessarily think I should be the person. It, it takes a lot of balls frankly to to be like I could change this like but it 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 has to be done like someone has to do something if we don't do something now at this moment when when will we do this we we have to do something and I think kind of even what you mentioned earlier though it's just always been accepted as that's the way it is because it's been accepted for so long and it's never going to change unless someone does decide like, nope, now's the time. Because even when I was in nursing school, it's this is the way it is. When we started as new grads, well, we're short staffed. That's the norm. Acuity is like, that's, we just get in this cycle of like, well, that's the way nursing goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they capitalize on people that want to help and people who want to be a team player, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to be um, advocating for yourself. You want to be thinking about your patient and serving the public. So of course they're going to try to take advantage of that. We have to stand up and say like, you know what? I'm actually not going to keep doing this. Yeah, Sure. Well, and what I, what I also like about what you're doing is you're hitting some really big topics. Like you're hitting, insurance, you're hitting pharma, you're hitting patient ratios, you're going all here. But I'm really curious from from your point of view, why do you think things have gotten so out of hand? So 
it's definitely been a long process to get where we are, right? It, this didn't happen overnight. And, and that's a really complicated question of why, you know, I mean, you would have to, we did a whole episode actually on, like, you have to look at the history of hospital systems in America, basically, and where did it start to turn? Um, because originally it was the clergy, which included nuns, right? The nuns were the nurses. And it was like these... Um, Elms houses, which were like meant to serve the poor, basically. Um, only when you start seeing like Medicaid, Medicare, and like after the war, things start to turn and you start to see these people who are like more MBA, more like administrative come in as you, you basically need more regulation when you have more government funding for insurance, right? So Medicare, Medicaid starts to come in to the hospital systems to to give payout and then therefore they have to have these more regulations and these people who are more business executives come in. And that's been creeping in since the seventies. Um, so, I mean, really that's where it's coming from. And so we all have these standards we have to measure up to, you know, 30 minutes to get a patient up from the emergency room to the floor, you know, whatever, like this is metrics that are not evidence-based. They're metrics that Patient satisfaction. Yeah, patient satisfaction. That's tied to reimbursement. Yeah. Right. But it's uh, that's that's what it's about. It's about the reimbursements from Medicare and Medicaid. That's so insane to me. I I don't know. I just feel like it's interesting, too, because the more physicians we kind of talk to, the more you hear how much insurance really rules the way that they're able to practice medicine, which is insane to me. I mean, that's where we're going. And then um, just, you know, the whole point being with this, like, how is it that we have the worst disparities and inequalities and, you know, the most expensive healthcare? Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting point. Um, that a lot of people don't know. I think a lot of people would say, well, yeah, of course we have really expensive healthcare, but we have one of the greatest health systems. And that's simply not true. I mean, we spend more on healthcare than most other countries, any other, uh, you know, leader in this area. And we also pay the most. So um, there are ways to do it, to cut. Um, but then you have to, that's why impact, it's really important for us to set expectations, right, from the very beginning. This took decades for this system to get this bad, and there are a lot of problems, like the lobbyists. There are a lot of um, conflicts of interest with our leadership, and that is going to take a lot of time to untangle. It's not an easy situation, and there's there's so much within each problem, right? You want to look at pharma and then there's a hundred problems within that system that need to be solved. And you look at the insurance companies, it's the same. And all of them are very complicated and all of them have to have policy set. And, and that takes a lot of time. So I think people just look at the scope of their life, nurses, and they'll say, forget it. I'll just get out of this. Like, what am I going to do? You know, but I think the cool thing about impact is we're willing to try and we have, it's interdisciplinary. So it's not just nurses, it's going to be everybody. And we're going to do certain campaigns that the committees that we have pick themselves. And then we're going to set our site and we're going to say, Hey, we're going to do these three action items this month. And we want everybody to participate, even if it's 
only something that pertains to like a respiratory therapist, but we're going to throw the residents and we're going to throw the nurses and the techs. Everybody is going to write the representatives and show up and protest and do these action items that can say like, Hey, we're really serious and, and we want you to support us. And the hope is that at some point we're going to have a lot of political clout, you know, and, and candidates who want to support us and work with us to advocate on, you know, our issues. I think that's one of the things I love is that you've tackled this from a multidisciplinary approach and not even just from a nursing standpoint because it is a systemic issue. So can you actually kind of even just tell us more then about the foundation of impact, the founders are, and everyone behind the movement? Yeah. Um, So we have four founders. Um, One is Laura, and she is an emergency room doctor. Um, She is getting a master's in healthcare policy. She's actually in class right now, or she would be here too. Um, And then we have Sarah, who is a registered nurse. She has a master's in healthcare policy. She actually lives in Canada, but she has worked in the U.S. She has a U.S. nursing license, and she her words were the system is so bad where you guys are like I just have to help um yeah (laughs) that speaks for itself yeah um and then we have Violet who is um involved politically she does a lot of grassroots organizing um and campaigning and she lives in DC um and she's also getting her master's in policy I and I'm also getting mine um as well so we're we're, that's how we're approaching this as like a policy, um, possibly, you know, very political and maybe even lobbying. You know, maybe we can have our members doing some lobbying at some point and try to fight some of this stuff that's being done. I mean, I'm really curious about this because it's so interesting because I think Sam and I have gotten so invested in in the topics, right? But at the very core, we're all healthcare providers. So I'm really curious from your perspective of maybe explaining why healthcare policy and lobbying is so important. Like how, how one, why, and two, like if you can get involved, how do you get involved and things like that? Okay, before we get into that, we are so excited to share our new partnership with Incredible Health. And the best part is, it's a free resource for you guys. We love that for you. So what is Incredible Health? Incredible Health is a hiring platform that helps nurses find their next permanent role in 20 days or less. Their technology matches you to the role that fits your experience in your desired locations. And they work with hospital systems such as Kaiser Permanente, Cedars-Sinai, John Hopkins, and so many others, you guys. Okay, we're busy. We want convenience. We need a one-stop shop. How Incredible Health works, you create a profile, you upload your resume, your work information, and they match you to the jobs that match your skill set and your qualifications. Then the interview requests come into you. You get one-on-one support from nurse advocates who help with everything from polishing up your resume, giving you interview tips, and even vetting your job offers. And of course, this is 100% free for nurses. So whether you're looking for a career change or looking for new roles in new locations, Incredible Health is the best place for you to advance your career. Make sure you guys head over to the link in our bio or down in the show notes, as you know, to check out Incredible Health. Yeah, I think it's a really important point about lobbying. Um, we we have to start, I mean, inherently nursing is advocacy, right? It's going to be really important for us to start advocating for ourselves. And we have to do that on a national scale and we have to do it on the political level. Um, we 
we don't have as much strength when we're just the charge nurse asking for one more person to come to our unit. We this has to be we have to get staffing ratios nationwide. Like, you know, um, we have to say, like, hey, how about we have some regulations of what Blue Cross Blue Shield is allowed to request when we're doing prior authorizations. There is some stuff that has been pushed to the max and beyond, and I think now we are the experts in this field. So it's up to us to come together, and we have to say, like, we don't accept this anymore. This is not ethical. This is not serving us or our patients. Now it's time to do something. What are some of the biggest topics that impact wants to make a change in? What are some of the biggest things that you guys want to tackle? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, we have we have a lot of goals. Um, and that's why I say that, you know, this is a this is a long game. Um, I mean, we want to provide healthcare workers with tools that are going to shape their work environments, right? Um, and that where they're going to feel empowered to advocate for safe care. Um, so our priorities are safe staffing, fair pay, de- decreasing administrative burdens, um, mental health care. We also, though, we we have, there's a difference between we have these committees and then we also have these grassroots leaders who have joined us. And a grassroots leader, an example of that is going to be somebody who is, um, like right now we have two people who are going to chair the LGBTQIA plus committee. Um, we have a committee that's going to look at racial inequality. Um, and so you could, if you wanted to, you know, again, it's as much or as little as you're willing to give to the organization, but you could be a part of more than one committee. Like maybe I'm LGBTQ and I also am a nurse, you know, and I care about both of these things. Um, maybe if if the that committee gets large enough, it could branch off into maybe we could have a trans advocacy group on its own. You know, that's our hope um, so that we can kind of tackle all of this because we see our patients suffering in a lot of ways, right? It's not just financial. It's also the inequities. Oh yeah. Big time. I mean, this may be like a bit of a silly question, but in your, in the perfect ideal world, what does healthcare look like for everyone? What do you think? Yeah. Um, that's a complicated answer, right? Um, and I hate to say this, and especially with my position of of what I do for a living now, you know, I want to be careful. Um, I get a lot of nurses reaching out to me and saying, like, your job is amazing or, you know, it's so amazing how many unions you have in New York City. And this is this is what we want. That's that's the goal for a lot of nurses. I think we need to think about one step further than that, where we don't have to have representation. We don't have to have someone fighting for us because there's nobody to try to take advantage of us. Personally, I would like to see a system where healthcare workers control healthcare, where healthcare workers are meeting and sharing, maybe as a committee board, the decisions that are going to be made um, mm. in in these hospital systems and and people in policy 
who are healthcare workers, not business administrators who are going out to steak dinners with, you know, Pfizer. So you're saying at this point, you feel it's important for healthcare providers to be essentially in governmental or politics, like or in positions where they can make policy, which I thought was really interesting because you've talked a lot about this, about the importance of these issues coming coming into uh, fruition through policy, which I never really thought of it that way, as in these things need to be at, at a base level government law, mm-hmm. which I think is so interesting. Sam and I have talked about this a lot. Patient ratios, why isn't it standard? Mm-hmm. You know, we all sit for the same boards, whether it's nursing, it's medical, it's RTs, it's everyone sits for these boards. Mm-hmm. And why is it any different state to state? Mm-hmm. The expectations at the bedside. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a reason why the pe- the people making decisions um, are there, right? I mean, and it's financial. The, the reason why they are where they are is because it makes fiscal sense for the hospital. If you have people who actually understand bedside care, um, you might be more prone to make choices based on care and patients and their outcomes rather than financial, right? And that doesn't serve the hospital systems. Are, are you ladies a, or have you ever been a part of a union? I've worked at non-union and union. And actually, that's a really good question for you, too. I mean, why do you think I mean, California, we know this. Everyone knows this. California is so strong in terms of the union. Mind you, there is a lot of pushback and there's a lot of things that are still we're still having to fight for. But why do you think out of all the states, how did that happen? How did it happen that you guys got ratios? Yeah, and just maybe the strength of the union. I Well, the strength of the union, I think that traditionally lies within like bigger cities. They were blue collar, right? It, that, that happened decades before us, right? So like we're talking about New York, you know, Chicago, LA, you know, San Diego, like these, these kinds of areas, they're going to have, you know, workers rights. I mean, that, that was happening kind of in the sixties when everybody was um, sort of radicalizing workers rights. Um, why you guys got ratios is a great question. Why did you get them and nobody else can seem to manage it? Because, you know, we voted to do it and they shot it down. Massachusetts also tried and they shot it down. Um, and so it's it's very confusing. We have actually an interesting um, piece of legislation that's coming out January 1st for New York State now where we have to have committees um, and they have to be 50% of floor nurses, and then includes CNAs, floor staff, nursing staff, and management. And they have to make ratios um, based on each unit's acuity. And the interesting thing about it is it's going to be posted publicly and the actual ratios will be posted publicly. So when they fuck up, which they will, then we can say like, look, do you want to go to this hospital? Because look, like your grandma doesn't want to get their ratios. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it like shames them a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But it should. You know what the interesting thing to me about unions, though? So like, even though, yes, there is a presence in California, there's still a lot of hospitals that are not unionized. And I know personally from I've worked at a union hospital. I've worked at a non-union hospital. I personally know a lot of nurses that are opposed to unions. Mm hmm. And I'm like, I don't understand. You don't want someone Mm -hmm. protecting our rights, our breaks, our making sure we get fair compensation, getting all these things. You don't want 
that and they're so adamantly against them and I just it baffles me a little bit yeah same I think especially with the former presidency you know I hate to even mention it I mean I think we learned a lot about the politics of our colleagues and our co-workers and Mm -hmm. um, some of it is pretty upsetting you know I am a little curious too because you obviously you are a union or an RN organizer Mm -hmm. so I'm assuming that's like a position within your union obviously Mm -hmm. so I'm curious can you dive into that a little bit like the role and the purpose because I feel like you know half of a lot of nurses work under unions but a lot do not. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, you know, your role in sort of explaining the importance of, of unions and diving into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I am in the RN division specifically. We have a division um, that's made up of two teams and we have um, maybe six organizers and two vice presidents and an EVP make makes up our team. And essentially the organizers, people like me would be assigned to a small amount of hospitals. Like I have, um, a major hospital system, uh, in, in the city. And I'll just give you an example. Um, if a, if a, (laughs) sorry, I want to be care. I want to share information, but I also want to you know, be careful with, um, privacy. So let's say that a nurse, um, feels like they're being discriminated against at work. They're being bullied by their manager. Um, or let's say that they were written up. Um, that's something like a low level thing that I would come in and just sort of mediate and just say, you know, what actually is going on here and try to just support that nurse in that. Um, let's talk about more uh, a higher level offense. Like maybe the nurse actually did something wrong and, it, and it's gone beyond that now. Um, I have to step in and it's, it's almost like a way of uh, there's arbitration, there's a grievance process. Like there are different levels and steps of almost like a court case and you come in and you present your information and you and I would be the person representing and and saying, you know, advocating for that person to keep their job. Also, like you're saying, when you're talking about contracts, um, like today, I, I mean, I have my union (laughs) shirt on right now because I, I, my hair's a mess because I just got done picketing. I held, I, I ran a picket today in Brooklyn, um, for a, a group of nurses that literally were wearing, um, raincoats. They were not given gowns during COVID. They went to CVS with their own money and they bought a bunch of raincoats and they were using bleach wipes, um, to clean themselves. And that's how they got through COVID with, you know, one N95 every once in a while. And now they're standing outside because, um, you know, management only wants to give, you know, an extremely small, like a slap in the face kind of raise, 1%, 2%, like, you know, yeah. And, and no bonus, no hazard pay. And, and they, the, the ratios are just terrible, terrible. So, so it's, it's my job to come in and kind of say, you know, you're sort of a, you wear a lot of different hats. So right now, as we are negotiating, that's sort of what I do. And then, in a normal time, I'll come in and I'll just support the nurses. It's kind of the same as impact, if I'm being honest. It's it's sort of the yeah, same yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's a lot of listening and a lot of like, what what do you think should be done about this? And then we try to do it. Do you ever see unions becoming more widespread? Because it's so just like yeah. hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen more since COVID. 
Um, what I've heard from colleagues and even other unions is that they are hearing a lot more buzz about like, hey, could we talk to someone? We really need some support here. I think everybody's very burnt out and probably has a lot of PTSD right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think so. But is it going to come easily? I don't think so. And then again, right, is the union the end goal? You know, I, right. yeah. I don't know the answer to that. So that's why people confuse impact with a union a lot. And we're very clear and quick to say that we are not a union because we actually think we can be more effective to not. I love that. I think that's, you know, I think the talk of having that being the goal being policy, right? It's above, it's goes beyond that because, yeah, you know, and again, a union is great, in theory, but then state to state, everything could still be different. The union may or may not have much strength, depending on how big they are, depending on how much support they have. I mean, you have a union here in California where you have one, you know, on one corner who's getting X, Y, and Z for their, for everyone who works for them. And then you look across the street and their union's not getting half of the things that they're getting. So it's not across the board all the same. So it's almost like, I mean, while union's a great idea, I think going to the root of it and making a bigger global national effect with impact is even better. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And we can't, like you mentioned before, it's it's not just a nursing issue, right? We need mm -hmm. to start to see what our coworkers are going through. Um, we want to talk about unsafe staffing. I mean, the RTs are the prime example during COVID mm -hmm. of unsafe staffing. I mean, we have one or two RTs in an entire building. Are you kidding me? Like, this is yeah. crazy. It's absurd. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's terrible. So we we will and should we we will be more effective, but ultimately just ethically, we should be advocating for our coworkers too. Like just because you're not a nurse, I still care about you and I don't think you should have to go through that. And you know, we're talking about residents who have 40 patients assigned to them and six admissions a shift. And then, you know, somebody like me who before I knew anything about residency would be complaining, where's the resident? I don't see them. You know, you know, I was kind of maybe a little bit of a bitch to them sometimes, you know, and then, it, and then I looked at what they're actually going through and watched people break down in call rooms and, and, you know, had doctors that I had to hold literally while they sobbed during COVID, you know, we're all being taken advantage of while these people at the top, this very small minority at the top is making a ton of money off of our work. This system cannot function without us. So we have to take it back. It is ours. So what is impact currently working on? Like, currently and then what is the plans coming up so that's a really good question so we're doing the event virtual rally on november 7th i hope you guys can join yeah it's gonna start at 2 p.m um and it's going to go until nine we have a lot of amazing speakers and the speakers are interdisciplinary right so we have she's in scrubs sarah she's uh, a nurse she's going to be talking about nursing burnout we have shirlene from Shirley World. She's going to be talking about residency and how um, basically the structure of residency is just to make you a little worker bee, um, which I, I love. I saw her slide and it has a little honeybee on it, which I thought was so <laughs> cute. Um, 
we have a PA, we have an RT um, who's also involved in a lot of policy. Uh, we have a PT who's going to talk about access to care, just trying to get her patients enrolled in PT and fight the insurance companies for this. We have a pharmacist who's also going to talk about the difficulties with prior offs and, um, and trying to get his patient's medication. So it's, it's basically we're all talking about the same issue just from you know, different sides of it, basically. Um, so we're going to do that. And so um, you'll see a link. We'll be sharing it. We're going to it'll be streamed live on our Instagram, on our Facebook and on our YouTube. Yeah, and we'll share that, too. Yeah. Thank you so much. And after that, we're going to start doing our campaigns. And our first campaign is unsafe staffing. Um, so we have met with our committee members, our committee leaders, um, I should say, um, several times and we're trying, we have, we have a lot of education. We have a lot of content that we're going to put out for that. And then we're going to have action items and we're going to start requesting like, okay, now you need to show up at these places and you need to call these people and you need to write letters to these addresses. And, and we need to raise a, make a lot of noise and raise a lot of awareness to people who are not nurses. Like this is not okay. We cannot keep doing this. Yeah, and I think that's the problem, right, is people don't realize how how deep these problems go, and it's so much beyond our control. I feel like this is why I, I love everything that you're doing. You're bringing so much awareness to it's not necessarily the healthcare providers. It's not – It's this is something that we are also facing. It's an uphill battle for us as well, and I think the more people hear this, this message and, you know, get involved with things such as impact, there is – I don't think there's anything – there is nothing like impact. And I think that this is, you are really creating the movement, which I think is great. Thank you. And I want to just give you both a, sh a shout out also, a special shout out. Um, you, we were, we had like 300 followers. We were like a, and I'm not saying like we're huge now, but we were basically a baby, a little teeny newborn. <laughs> and you both were like, what do you need help with? Like, can we, you guys funded um, some marketing for us and some social media stuff for us? And I can't thank you both enough. I mean, it's been really incredible to see that, first of all, you even noticed or cared about what we were doing and then to like just jump in and offer so much support. And um, I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Of course. We yeah. want to support in any way we can. We're super passionate about this. I feel like it's stuff we've been talking about forever but haven't really had an this, outlet totally. like this to kind of channel that through so now we're so glad that this exists so that we can throw our support behind it absolutely yeah well anytime um i mean like i said impact is as much or as little as you're able to do so if you ever want to come in and just sit on the committees or you want to just do a you know live you know ig live or or whatever whatever you want to do you want to yeah. partner on a campaign like literally as much or as little as you can give like we would love to to work with you yeah and i think that's for all of the listeners as well like i feel like that's a huge piece for anyone who wants to start making a change to really reach out to you guys um, I want to talk about this really quick, too, because you are uh, you are a very busy woman. I don't understand how you do all this. You also have a podcast, the RNMD podcast. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, that is it's a little on hold. I actually have a bunch of um, episodes. Sam, I, I really don't envy you. I mean, I have a bunch of 
episodes that are edited, they're done. And I just have to like put them out there. And I was just like, you know what? We'll do this after the event. It's 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 so difficult to put out weekly episodes. It's really hard. Um, so kudos to you for doing that. Um, I do have. So this was sort of the. I guess you might say the beginning, the very beginning of impact. It was it was through COVID. I started to realize like, hey, we're all sort of complaining about the same things. And it seems like everyone's being taken advantage of. And that's where I sort of found my heart for the residents. I started to really feel like, wow, they're really being taken advantage of. I mean, I don't know how it is where you are, but in New York, I mean, they literally are making less than minimum wage and they are working 90 hours a week and they have very sick patients, very complicated patients, and they're not able to sleep. And they go to clinic all day and then they get two hours off and then they work a night shift, you know. Um, so I just started to try to explore, like, what's up between nurse, doctors and nurses? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, we never have meetings together. We don't eat lunch together. It's this weird separation, you know, and um, it feels very awkward sometimes. So I was just like, what's up? Um, I had a, a co-host that we were doing a lot with it, um, but he just actually had to move to California. So now Laura, actually from Impact, is going to be taking on the new co-host, uh, position. That's exciting. Yeah, because she, her and I can just talk forever. We just never shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you. Podcaster problems. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, along with this too, you're also obviously on social media. Let's talk a little bit about that really quick. How did that all start for you? Was this kind of all the same? You've been on for a while. It, it was the same. It was like, that's my personal account. If you scroll down, there's like pictures of my dog like it's like it wasn't <laughs> like this and I still feel weird posting on my grid it's it's mostly like in the stories we do it was around the same idea I guess that's really how it got started like the same thing like during COVID we started saying like RTs what's going on or CNAs what's going on or LPNs hey do you feel respected do you feel like that clapping at seven o'clock is for you and we had people writing in and saying no and I I don't feel like my colleagues care about me or you know and we would have these really great interdisciplinary discussions about it and that's really where I, I crowdsourced a lot of this info. So I'm curious I mean you're a grad student oh how Grad school too. Like let's let's just add something into that. How's that going for you? Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm yeah. Very, <laughs> yeah, girl. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. Um, grad school's good. I mean, I, policy for nursing, MSN in policy is a newer field. I would mm -hmm. highly recommend it to anybody who likes to be politically involved, is interested in making a wider long-term change. It's very interesting. And you really, you start to zoom out. Like it's, it's not contained to just my unit or my hospital anymore. You really start to see the system and how it's set up in a broader way to fail you, the nurse. Yeah. Which ultimately fails our patients. <laughs> Exactly. And that's something I think we definitely, I'm glad that you said that because that's the ultimate point. I, I take advantage of, we say that and I do care about my nurses, but ultimately it's failing my patients. And that's my, that's my main concern, right? I mean, I think we've all seen patients who have had really poor oh, yeah. outcomes because yeah. of staffing mm -hmm. or. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I am curious just really quick. I mean, from a grad school perspective, what made you decide to go back and how'd you pick the program that you did? 
I, I couldn't do it anymore. I mean, I, I've been at the bedside for 13 years. I, you know, my foot is the reason why I can't go there right now, but I don't know how many more years I would have lasted. I, I was done. Um, and I, I originally went back for FNP, and as I was doing that, I just thought to myself, I was going to do critical, I was going to do FNP, and then I switched to critical care, and I just thought, can I be in an ICU for 30 more years? Can I do that? I, I don't think I can. Even as an NP, I don't, I don't think I can. You found your calling, though. I mean, this is where you're meant to be, which is awesome. Yeah, ho- hopefully we can grow this. I, I think it has some legs on it, if I'm being honest. I, I don't want to sound too cocky, but... I, I really think we can grow this into something big. I, 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 it's got a lot of support. We've only been an organization for four months. It's needed, though. It is it's so needed. desperately needed. I think that's why. You know, I mean, there is nothing else like impact. And I think, you know, all these issues are coming to light. And we want a platform. We wanted to platform you guys today because we just felt it was so important. You know, obviously, the March is happening virtually on Sunday, you guys. So make sure you're tuning into that. But we, you know, just long-term, we're here for the long game with this. You know, this is something that Sam and I are very passionate about. We definitely can't wait to even look down a year from now and see where the issues are. Uh, We highly, highly recommend everyone go check out Impact. Definitely get involved. I think that this is such a good, it's a tangible way for us to really start making a difference. I mean, I think that's the problem, right? Is there wasn't, there wasn't a platform, there wasn't an organization like this prior to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we wanted to do because healthcare workers are so exhausted. We want to have an outlet for as much as they can contribute. Yeah, for sure. What are some things maybe that you guys need? Um, are there things that you guys need right now that maybe people can get involved with or something that you're you're looking for? <laughs> yeah, we have a lot yes. of needs. Yeah. Um, so if you want to join a committee, um, you can email I want to help at impactinhealthcare.org. Um, that's also on our website. If you would like to share our posts on social media, um, if you want to come to the virtual rally, if you want to submit questions during that, it would help us a lot. Um, on a broader scale, if you if you have this this organization is not just for healthcare workers. We're going to have a patient department. We already started forming. Um, if you just are interested in healthcare and and healthcare reform, we would love to have your opinions. And maybe you have a special skill that we don't have, like technology, or you know, maybe maybe somebody wants to come in and do our social media for a month, or you know, things like that could really help us. We get there's only four of us, so we get kind of bogged down in these like little tasks. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. I mean, I can yeah. only imagine what you guys are, the uphill battle that you're in every day. So yeah, we definitely highly recommend everyone get involved. And obviously Sam and I, we full, full support, full send. We'll be attending the virtual rally and, you know, we're always looking for ways to help support. So we're really excited about this. Abby, this is, this is insane. It's amazing. Right. Thank you so much, Tori and Sam. I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you again. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Instagram, Instagram handle, website, where can everybody find you guys? You can find us on our website at impactinhealthcare.org. We are Impact in Healthcare on all of the social media handles, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, And you can always email us at hello at impactinhealthcare.org. My personal Instagram is the nocturnal nurse. I love that. 
Fabulous. Well, thank you, Abby, for taking the time. We know you are an exceptionally busy woman, especially this week. We know how busy you are. So thank you so much for taking the time. So so are you both, though. You're you're super <laughs> downplaying it, but you are both just as busy. <laughs> yeah. Just we'll take it. We got a, we got caffeine on board. We're good. Same, same. I'm just I'm on like, my third cold brew. Yeah, chugging coffee all day we stay stocked on caffeine that's for sure yeah oh my gosh well good luck at the rally we yes we will be in full support and thank you so much for your time today and getting the message out thank you come back anytime abby definitely when we do the in-person we'll we'll plan a whole thing oh this is for sure happening in person 2022 yep goals yes yes (laughs) all right thank you thank you appreciate it okay bye Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. We hope that you guys join the movement over on Impact. We're just, we're so excited about this. This is something that I think Sam and I, as we said, are so passionate about. And we hope to see you on Sunday the 7th, joining in on the virtual rally. Absolutely. And make sure you guys are following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all of the goodies linked there in our bio. And make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your Instagram handle and any review and we'll send you out a swag bag, free stickers, free goodies. Mm -hmm. Love that for you. Love that for you. Love that for me. And make sure you guys are following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And we'll see you next on Friday. Yeah, bonus. I'm like, we skipped a bonus. We'll be back. (laughs) We'll see you on Friday. Back at ya. Bye. Bye.